the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial money investing and more. The top search on Google right now is Black Lives Matter. We live in pretty charged times. Charged for the right reasons. I think there's a lot of truth in that. Um, The Dow is sliding today. I think this week, was there a narrative shift? Ever so slightly. Did we go from last week, happy days are here again. The skies are blue with uh, there's a bazooka of money and the country's slowly reopening and like that'll have some good numbers. And that's where we were last week. Right. And this week it turned into. Uh oh, spikes in Arizona and Phoenix. Uh oh, spikes in L.A., spikes in Texas, spikes in Florida. And maybe we opened up too po- too fast when hospital utilization rates went from 10% to 35 to 50%. Still plenty of hospital beds, but there are 130,000-plus people who have died in America. Is that any worse than a typical flu season? It's not terribly much worse. But it's also typically most people die in a different way from the flu. Keep in mind, there's already a herd mentality because people had some people had flu shots. This was kind of it came out of nowhere. So my favorite, my favorite headline of the week. It took until Friday, but here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Texas Governor Greg Abbott orders bars to close at noon. <laughs> I'm like. Wait, wait, wait. You can drink as much as you want and be a sloppy COVID-19 drunk as long as you're closed by noon? That's not the Texas I love. Texas I love keeps the bars open until at least 2 in the afternoon. Doesn't that just... That's where we're at now. Texas has been a steep, seen a steep spike in coronavirus and... Um, San Antonio, for instance, has seen a 500% increase in hospitalizations. Houston's ICU beds have become dangerously close to full capacity. And two weeks ago, I had friends traveling. Some of them were bragging about it. Oh, I can take my vitamins. I can do my push-ups. I'll be okay. So that the, the narrative has shifted. And that's all I'm going to say about it. But the narrative has shifted this week to maybe we can't travel. And maybe we were being too optimistic. I Again, narratives don't have to be true. Gap stores today soar. Gap hasn't been relative in it's – it's been relatively unrelevant. Um, say that fast, quickly. It hasn't been relevant in a long time. And now suddenly on Friday, Kanye West shared a photo of clothing being taken out of a bag that says developed by Yeezy and Gap. 
I don't know what Gap stores had to do to get Kanye West. That man can sell product. He is a machine. With that out there, Gap did something. They had to pay him a lot of money. But in one day, in one one fifteen minutes, the stock is up one point four billion dollars. So whatever they're paying him, it instantly brought cash A to Gap. Now I, I can't tell you much about his music. I don't know. I just don't follow it. It's not me. It doesn't speak to me. Speak to me, Goose. So there we got Kanye West and Kim Kardashian West and. What does she have? Like one bazillion followers on Twitter? She goes, if anyone knows Kanye, they know how much the gap in Yeezy means to him. So this partnership is his dream come true. When I was a little boy and a hip-hop artist, I wanted to sell merch for the, how shall we say, most vanilla company in the world who takes no chances. Their t-shirts are blue. And black and white, they're functional. They're they're T-shirts. So Gap has been struggling to resonate with customers since Mickey Drexler came up with the Capri pants in the 90s. Their namesake brand, Gap. They've got Gap. they got Old Navy. they got uh, Old Navy's fine. People love Old Navy. Heck, your kids grow fast. You might as well buy them a $5 pair of jeans that look decent. Why not? I know you're saying $5 pair of jeans, Old Navy. Well, Gap also has uh, Banana Republic, and Banana Republic probably had its best days in the 2000s. Um, And then for some reason, they went ultra slim, and it doesn't fit me anymore, so I can't shop there. I'm like, wait, wait, why do you have a t-shirt called ultra slim? Don't you have one called loose and baggy (laughs) for guys like me, old frumpy dumpies? But Gap is relevant because they have a brand, Ambassador. Did you know I once tried out to be a brand ambassador of an online insurance company that has got a cartoon character, a cartoon female ninja character as their brand ambassador? I tried out for that job, and I lost out to a cartoon female ninja. Whatever they saw on tape of me, they go, oh, boy, we better go animated. I'm like, okay. There's been a couple jobs that I've tried out for in my past. Uh, A company like Cisco, they sell network and equipment company. Um, Someone said, you should try out for this. It's it's, it's fun money. It's easy money. You get to go on their campus and you get to talk about like routers and switches. And basically they needed someone to do a, do an in-house corporate video to explain to the sales team, you know, like how to use like normal words. And you've got like the RX 6,000, 6,500, and I had to learn all this technical specs. Welcome to Cisco's new RX6500. It's got 14 gateways that are massive, letting through an elephant herd of data. So big that we only call it a teraflop. I was so bad at it. I once did a, a special for the Learning Channel, TLC. That was a lot of walking and talking. I know you're saying, what's walking and talking? Well, tonight when you watch the news, it's when a reporter has a microphone in their hand and they're doing a story about, like, we're at the ICU in San Francisco, going from bed to bed, walking from bed to bed, 
interviewing COVID people. And how are you feeling today, sir? Oh, that's a very, very nasty cough you have. Good, good for you. Good for you. We believe in you too. And they walk and they talk. They report while they're talking. It is an incredibly tough skill. I know you're saying, man, those people on the news, all they do is sit there and read teleprompter. Yeah, that, that's an easy one. You could be a himbo. You could be the dumbest man on the planet and pull that one off. You just have to look good. Your words have to be clear and you have to look good. But man, when you're a reporter and you have to walk from person to person and put a microphone in front of them, you never know what's going to come out. You never know what's going to photobomb you in the back. Anyway, I've totally digressed. Uh, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Market has had a definite tone switch this week. We're now worried about COVID cases again. That takes a little bit of the premium valuation. It takes a little bit of the best case scenario. It takes a little bit of the optimism out. It doesn't change the whole narrative. You know, we can have a cure on Monday. But consumer spending, it rebounded, but incomes have plunged, and, and we're a little bit tighter with our money than, than Wall Street wants. Again, not so far off from good, just a little bit. So it's a little bit of a reworking of the narrative this week. I'm Rob Black. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in to the one, the only Rob Black and Your Money show. So dedicated to getting you to retirement. Yes, I do a lot of phony phone calls. No, I don't do any phony phone calls. So some days are going to be better than others. I don't have something to fall back on. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. The narrative has changed a little bit this week on Wall Street. We're much more focused on how many people spike. And that'll probably be the narrative going into the weekend. You had Donald Trump say something a little shocking today. Trump seems resigned that Biden will win. In an interview, he said, he's going to be your president. For the second time this week, he appears resigned the idea that he's going to lose in November. How will that story play out this weekend in headlines and in the news cycle? Um, Because the political season will have an effect on Wall Street. There was a a thought this week that maybe we went lower on Monday and for the week because last weekend we started thinking, hey, it looks like Biden's going to own this um, as far as polls go. And again, I, I'm not telling I'm not saying anything political, but Wall Street seems to think that could be one of the reasons we got a little bit weaker. You know, you may love Trump, you may hate Trump, but when you roll back regulations and you're like, anyone who wants to drill oil, you can drill oil. Anyone who wants to build a building, you can build a building. Wait, you don't mean we don't have to do a survey to find out if there's a rare a mythological two-headed cockroach on the property that's going to cost $160,000 for us to do a study? You could just, I could just build the hotel? Yes, you could just build the hotel. Don't worry about the cockroaches. We'll take care of them. So when you roll back regulations, you increase speculation, you increase building, you increase you know growth and development. Some people hate that. I get it. We're allowed to be socially conscious, and we're also allowed to say, well, I get the other side of it. But there's some thought out there that he's said it twice now. Um, Asked during a trip to Arizona to react to Biden saying he he may not complete construction of the border wall of electric. Trump said, nope, he will not complete it. 
Um, just the, the, the political tenor right now is what does happen in November? On June 2nd, the Standard & Poor's 500 closed at 3080. Yesterday, it closed at 3083. Going nowhere fast for the month of June. Three weeks. We still have a little bit of time, you're saying. I get it. It's not two steps forward, one steps back. It's one step forward, one step back. Two steps forward, two steps back. We're starting to slow down. Yes, we know that the Federal Reserve is going to do whatever it takes to get people to speculate. With lower cost money comes a system that's easier to borrow money. More of it and take more speculation. And speculation, it doesn't have to like win. If I come up with an idea, like I'm going to start a new company that does dance dance moves, and I hire 10 dance instructors, and I, I borrow a million dollars, I hire 10 more instructors. That's real money. They get their money. So it, it, it increased, it can go out of business, but you're hopefully, you get some businesses that stay in business out of it. Bank stocks rallied big yesterday. There's going to be some relaxation of the Volcker rolls. So JP Morgan um, was up big. Bank of America. Now this week, as the week's gone on a little bit longer, it's like, we're not really getting like, let's reward tech stocks for three weeks. Let's reward industrial companies for two weeks. We're getting like, let's reward uh, banks for two days. Let's take that away or take half of it away. Nike's down 3.3% following some uh, disappointing earnings. But, I know you're saying, and this is a big but, but it's up 69% from its March lows. So, yeah down 3.3% today, but if you bought it in the last couple months, if you had a shopping list of companies that you always wanted to buy when the market goes to heck in a handbasket, you had that opportunity in March. I said on the air, I have audio tape of it, if my producer would be a crack producer and go get it and search through the audio archives, it would be a great promo. This is a once-in-a-generation buying opportunity. Now, oddly enough, once-in-a-generation buying opportunities seem to come every five to seven years now. And not just once in a generation, but we had it. Nike's up 69% from its lows. You knew Nike going in. You knew Nike coming out. What happened when it was low, you're like, I bet it could go lower. You got caught up in greed and fear. You're like, what if I buy it now and it goes lower? Or what if you bought it and you bought it a little too soon or a little too late? Like suddenly your view of it changes. Amazon is up. Deutsche Bank raised the price target on it from $27.50. To listen to what Deutsche Bank has as its price target. And I want to pull out a stick and like hit the company because I'm mad. It's 3333. Now, there's no way in heck, well, maybe there's one way in heck, but there's no way an analyst is like, yeah, let's see a price target. Let's say 3300 or 3350. This is the price is right. You don't say 3333. You don't go to the dollar. You round it up. And it almost makes me think it's not a serious upgrade because of that, but it is. <clears throat> SunTrust has a $3,400 price target on Amazon. Now, here's the question Do you want to buy a great company or do you want to buy a stock at the right price? 
as an investor, you kind of want to figure out both of those. If I had to choose one, do I want to buy a stock under $5? Do I want to like buy a stock that has uh, got a PE that's relative to the stock market of value and yet has got a lot of attractive growth? Now, if I had to buy one thing, it would be great companies. And you know what I mean by great company? Oh, I remember those Verizon commercials when I was younger. I remember the, we'll sell no wine before it's time, Robert Mondavi and the visas. Uh, buy great companies is probably better advice than try to be like the smartest stock investor of all time. You take a look at what Warren Buffett owns, it's a lot of great companies. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. One of the, my guilty pleasures is, as I'm taking away from my TV time, sometimes I'll watch a little bit of YouTube, and one of the guilty pleasures there is sometimes watching, like, scare videos, um, where someone puts a big spider on someone while they're sleeping kind of thing. That's guilty pleasure. Totally admit it. Uh, but another one is when you see, like, a, a dad get really mad at his kid for not picking up his room, and he, like, takes a chainsaw to the kid's Xbox. Just a wanton destruction of electronics. Another one, do you remember when people used to grab a new iPhone and they'd do a video of it, and the next thing you know, they're taking a sledgehammer to it and they're destroying a $400 iPhone 4? <laughs> Notice they don't do that with the new iPhones that cost $1,200. Speaking of new iPhones that cost $1,200, let's bring in Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. How are you, Tony? Good morning. Um, one of the things I, I always bring up with you when we talk is that you're a Google person, I'm an Apple person, and that you really should up, up your game. Okay, it got quiet. Um, Tony is with. No, we do. I, I I enjoy the Google phone. I mean, it works. Not twelve hundred dollars. There you go. Um, Tony Mendez, BayerLoanSource dot com. What are we going to talk about today? Well, I, uh, real estate's uh, you know been a big topic that obviously people have been really interested as we see low interest rates continue to bounce off all-time lows. Uh, it's driving a lot of demand into the industry. Okay, so uh, people are still, they want to see you and get a mortgage and do a transaction even though COVID's around? Uh, you know, it's funny that we are seeing higher numbers than even in 2019 when it comes to purchase and refinance applications. And it's kind of important to note that um, we, we're seeing a, we did see a slowdown right at the beginning. And April was really the biggest number. In fact, we just got numbers from April as the first full month of, you know, the COVID and shelter in place. Okay. And we had a 16% increase in um, inventory uh, after seeing it drop. And so we, were, we saw a lot of good news come out of, uh, you know, what we thought was going to last a lot longer. Okay, now, my industry, when I talk on radio, I, I kind of hope that I'm appealing to people who are on the younger side and need to accumulate wealth, or people who are on the older side and need to manage wealth. Those are my two type of buyers of information, the two types of people that need me. Um, and most people fall into that, and most people can say, oh, yeah, I'd kind of like to retire before I die. And some people are like, I don't want to lose all my money when I'm retired. 
So those, those are my, that's my market. What's the market? Who's buying right now? Who's doing these mortgages? Because um, it's not me. I already have enough homes, and I'm over fifty, and I'm, I'm, it's not me right now. Well, it's it's difficult to just nail down one kind of category of you know, what categories are you seeing. Um, the refinance activity has been pretty healthy when it comes to people obviously trying to lower their interest rates. We have all time low interest rates. But we also have a very difficult market, uh, what they call overlays. It's very much what it was like in 2008 to 2010, where lenders basically said, we don't want to take on the risk, so we're going to add a bunch of guidelines so that we eliminate the risk so we can sell our loans. So there are a bunch of people who can't refinance, even though they want to refinance, because they can't fit the guidelines. Um, As far as buyers, people down payment and credit scores, even a lot of the products that were uh, especially here in the Bay Area where you need to get something that's over the conforming limit, um, and maybe you have a little bit of tricky credit score or you're a first-time home buyer trying to do a jumbo loan, those have been kind of eliminated. They're called non-qualified mortgages. So a whole segment of the market has been taken away, leaving a lot of people wondering how to get mortgages um, or for a purchase. So the people who are buying homes are people who have good down payment, good credit score, and... Um, and don't have anything tricky on their credit. Okay. Um, are you seeing more people, generally speaking, is it younger people pulling two incomes? Is it someone who's worked for a company like Apple and has a lot of stock options? Uh, what would you say is a profile? Is there a profile of... That, that, you just named two of them. Okay. That's uh, But... You know, something that has not changed is there has always been low down payment uh, products for people to buy homes. And that's Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, and VA. They are there. They're still there. And unfortunately, here in the Bay Area, a lot of those products can't be used because, number one, if a seller sees a lower down payment and then they have somebody over here who's buying in cash, they'll probably take the person in cash. So it's a little bit harder to use those products here in the Bay Area. So what we're seeing are people that have low down payments that are you know, highly motivated to buy a house and up buying elsewhere. They go to the suburbs. They go to places like Sacramento. We've seen a lot of people go out to the places like Elk Grove because the average home there is probably three hundred fifty to four hundred thousand. And, and for those who don't know, a lot of these products. Where the heck is Elk Grove? It's just south of Sacramento. Okay. <clears throat> so you are seeing people stretch out and, and look for new areas that are yeah. maybe slower, or and they have good internet, so people can work from home. I got to imagine that's that's going to be a, a pretty good trend for a while of people who say I I want to move uh, to some place that's got good internet and more amenities for less costs. So and I think people will be surprised at how much is out there. Well, one of the big stories uh, of this week is there's a record number of home buyers that are looking to relocate. Um, and this is a report from Redfin that uh, 27% of people from metropolitan areas are looking outside of their area, like the suburbs or other smaller cities. Um, And that's also already started in, uh, we're seeing the numbers from these cities where they're propping up home prices. So a lot of people are wondering, you know, should I move to one of these cities? So we have a friend that just, you know, transferred their job to Indiana because they can buy a house and they don't want to rent anymore. I'm talking with Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. I've known him for 20-plus years. I've known him longer than I've known CFP Chad Burton. Um, and he deals with mortgages and loans, and he does most of mine, and I know he's good at what he does. And 
I have them on the show, not because mortgages are super fun, but because they're super important in your your budgets and your finances. It's so one of the biggest financial tools. That's something that makes you kind of interesting because you and I work together, and you know you know that I know investments, and I know you know mortgages, and we kind of complement each other. Um, mortgage is a tool. How many people do you see really get that? What's the, you know, I don't want to know the percentages, but how educated are people that this is like a mortgage at 3% is way more powerful to your long-term life than a mortgage at 4%. And you should look at that kind of stuff. Well, I've been, I've been in financing for over 19 years. Um, the, I've been able to see a difference just in the last 10 years of the mentality of the people who are doing mortgages. They really are starting to get it. We have a wiser okay. buyer, a wiser owner. Um, they do go, okay, I am I robbing Peter to pay Paul when it comes to retirement um, just to buy a house? Uh, we have people who are doing fi- uh, you know more savvy things like moving money from investment properties into their primary residence or vice versa because of tax reasons and, and you know the new SALT rules. Uh, so I think we have a better buyer. Credit scores have gone up. People are more aware of, uh, you know, how to engage with their credit, how to improve their credit, the importance of the credit. And then, of course, you know, we've had a, almost a decade of low interest rates that are, you know, 1% to 2 to 3% lower than the historical uh, averages. So it's pretty attractive when, like your parents go, you know, my interest rate was 10 to 20%. Um, 3% sounds fantastic. You should get into a house. Um, but, Dad, it's so expensive. You can lock it in for 30 years. So I think there's a lot more awareness about how a mortgage and how low interest rates can really help people. And that's what's driving a lot of people into the market. Yeah. <clears throat> it's funny because the low cost of the mortgage, it, it, I'm not going to say it couldn't be lower now than ever before. But it's it's pretty ideal for people like me to tell you know children like hey children these are good rates you should lock these in you'll be appreciative that dad told you that at one point um like yeah it's weird that I'm now my dad <laughs> these are really good rates and I've become him um anything else that you want to add we got a minute or two before we wrap this up it's Tony at BayAreaLoanSource dot com I do all my loans with him um, and I would do another one with you anything else we're forgetting or needing to think of. I think people should just – this is uncharted territory for everybody. Okay. Nobody knows how long this is going to last. We don't know when products are going to come back. We know that lenders have stopped putting out some products, but we've seen some of them bring some back. Um, this is going to change pretty quickly back into a, you know the, a new format. Um, and we just hope it doesn't last too long because you know we have another buying season and selling season coming up in the, in the fall. Uh, and it, it, it's it's going to play out. I think just p- people need to be patient, um, watch interest rates, uh, and just uh, keep keep an eye on the credit score and keep your job as, as much as you can. And don't go into forbearance if you plan on getting a loan. With the loans that you're doing, how many of them are coming to you and go, oh, yeah, COVID kept me out of the property. Didn't I? I never even saw it. Or are you seeing any of the technological innovation going on? Or is there a technological well, innovation going on with how people are buying and how people are finding inventory? We got about a minute. Uh, realtors have adapted very, very quickly, and there was a lot of technology already out there. So, um, if this happened five or six years ago, it would have been a lot worse, a lot harder, and a lot more frustrating. But no, I, it's it's a lot easier to see homes. Um, I saw one the other day. I, I just made an appointment. You signed a couple of documents uh, related to. You know, um, procedures, and you make an appointment, and realtors are really into it. 
<laughs> I love realtors. They're my favorite type of uh, <clears throat> people because, boy, they love real estate. <laughs> it's like they love their job. Kid, a fat kid who likes chocolate is like he's like the head of, of, of Mars cookie bars or, you know, M&M's. Anyway, you can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Here's my impression of a real estate agent. Hey, I'm a real estate agent. I like real estate. Hey, I'm a real estate agent. Real estate always goes up. Hey, I'm a real estate agent. You should buy real estate. Hey, I'm a real estate agent. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He does mortgages. And I do like real estate agents, but they tend to drive a lot of hype. Find me online at newfocusfinancials.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I do wildly, wildly appreciate it. I try to do my best. Some segments are better than others. Some of them just flat out flop. But hopefully if I get one memorable one in there, you're like, whoa, good job, Rob. Um, financially speaking, you don't have to be cutting edge. You don't have to be like a super calculator, calculus slash, like you don't have to be a CPU or a GPU or a PU. You could just be you and figure out 10, 15, 20 things that make sense to you. Like this, this one could be worse. It's not good, but it could be worse. Invest in companies that advertise on the NFL. If you, the NFL makes more money. They, they're like this big monolith. They're like this big tank, like 15 tanks strapped together of money making. And they go, you want to buy a 30 second commercial during halftime? Ha ha ha. That's going to cost you. If you can buy the visas, the MasterCard, the halftime show brought to you by Lincoln Financial, MasterCard. Those are the companies you should look at. I mean, that, that, it could be worse than that. You could go, well, I was actually going to only buy companies that start with the letter uh, C because I had a, a son named Charlie who died at birth. And, uh, well, I, I only invest in companies that start with C because of Charlie. That's not a good one. You should have some things that you believe in. And you should be able to get back to those. I lost some money in a biotech stock that was coming up not for, for a treatment with uh, cancer. I kind of came up with a thesis in the 90s. This is how smart I was. Well, cancer's never going to be cured. So we got to focus on the treatment of it versus the cure pill. So I, I was like, okay, let's find some companies that are like doing better. Like chemotherapy is so 1920s. It feels like it's an old technology. It feels like, let's put a bunch of poison in someone and kill the good and kill the bad. It's like that horrible TV show, The Facts of Life. You take the good, you take the bad, and there you got The Facts of Life. You take the good, you take... Like, no. There has to be better. And it was one of the worst investments I ever made in my life. It was a company that was freezing tumors. So, hey, you can see a tumor. Why don't you just cut it out, Doc? Well, first we have to shrink it. Uh, with lots of radiation. Then we have to kill it with lots of chemo while it's weak and, and shrunken. Um, so some scientists on occasion were like, well, we can see the thing. Why don't we just go in there and freeze it and uh, cut the, like, the thing out? So I, for some reason, I started, I crossed, I got out of my land. I became a doctor. 
It's like people right now who are telling you like, oh, you should go and live your life and, and fly to Phoenix and Dallas and Florida and like go to pep rallies. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. You're a financial person. Stay in your lane. You're 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 an investment person. Stay in your lane. Like it is kind of important. But you should have things that you believe in. But you should be able to stay in your lane. You're gonna get curious to like be a jack of all trades. Stop it. It's like when the babysitter's like, oh, and I've got some suggestions for you on how to raise your kid. Stay in your lane. I just needed you for two hours. Um, same thing with investing. People get in trouble. I know a guy who was a great dad, had a beautiful wife, two beautiful daughters, and then he was a, a mechanic at United, mechanic for 40 years, massive pension. That was his whole thing. But a massive pension in California is not a lot. Cost of living is way higher here. It's like, yes, you can make twice as much money, but housing costs three times as much. But you can make twice as much money, but housing costs three times as much. So what he did was he went from being a, a mechanic to like taking some extra money out of his house that him and his sweetheart bought 30 years ago and buy a second house. And then he's like, well, that worked out well in the last two years. He bought another house, and that worked out pretty well, so he bought another house. And then the 2008 correction was specifically tied to things that he had bought on leverage, housing. He bought them on credit cards. I'll take another mortgage. I'll take another mortgage. And what do you do when you buy everything on, on a mortgage? Like uh, every, if you put your mortgage on a credit card, if you put your groceries on a credit card, if you put your car on a credit card and the economy tightens up, you're down the creek. So he got out of his lane. He was a mechanic. And it's like a friend of mine, he's a police officer in the East Bay. And that's not an easy time being a police officer. But as an investor, he would come up with these cockamamie, cuckoo-doodle kind of stock ideas. And most of them were bad. And most of them involved advice from another officer, which I could tell you the worst investors. You want to know who the worst investors are? I just asked Tony a hard question. I was like, hey, Tony, uh, who's buying houses right now? And I kind of wanted like this colorful thing like, oh, it's the it's, – it's the it's children of uh, people with accents. It's like, oh, really? Okay, so that's okay. There's they in cash, like, and I kind of wanted a whole rundown on it. But who's investing right now, and what type of investors are out there? I think it's it's stuff we have to tickle and play with. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Staying in your lane is so important. Knowing what you do well as an investor. I would rather you max out your 401k and diversify it in just boring stuff like the S&P 500, which happens to hit an all-time high on a pretty darn regular basis. I'm asking you, like, do you know the Kentucky Derby and the Belmont Stakes and the horse races? It's kind of fun to, to bet on horses like once or twice in your life. Then after that, you're like, oh, I don't, I don't get it. But it is kind of fun to look at a horse and go, the gray one looks super fast. <clears throat> You can bet on the S&P 500. It's, it's going to cross the finish line. <clears throat> a lot of things you could invest in, like the Russell 2000, it too is going to cross the finish line. Large cap stocks, yes. Mid cap stocks, yes. Value stocks, yes. Growth stocks, yes. A lot of stuff in the world of assets does work over time. And you could buy the, the boring, generic, low-cost version of it, and it'll work over time. And you'll beat the market because you'll be the market. 
you won't lose the market. I know one financial planner, he tries so hard to get the right mix of portfolios that he forgets some of the other aspects of financial planning. Anyhow, you can find me at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com.